Welcome to Advancing Our Church, a podcast about Catholic stewardship, leadership, and advancement. I'm your host, Jim Friend, and oh my goodness, what a crazy month it has been. We have literally raised Advancing Our Church back from the dead. Let me tell you a little bit about my journey. I came back from a wonderful vacation with my family in early July to find out that my website and podcast feed had literally been hacked and they disappeared. It was completely gone. It was not recoverable. I can't even tell you how upset I was. Six years of hard work and so many wonderful guests and conversations vanished in a flash. Well, during the month of July, I had already scheduled four great podcast episodes for you. My bright idea was I'm going to deliver a new episode every week while everybody else is taking a break. But instead of doing that, I had to sit on those. I recorded them, but I had to sit on those while I was fighting this nasty virus and restoring my website and my podcast feed. Well, it's been a real journey, but I'm so happy to share that every single episode, all 137 to be exact, is back up online. Those of you who are subscribed probably saw your feeds getting updated a little bit crazy in real time through email and on the app. You know, an interesting consequence of this, though, is that according to my podcast statistics, my listens are up 400% over the past 30 days. People have actually been listening to old episodes of Advancing Our Church as I've been re-releasing them. So in some ways, it ended up being kind of a little bit of a marketing boost for our ratings. But it's been quite a journey, let me tell you, and it was worth it. I'm so glad to be back here in the month of August. While many of your favorite podcasts might still be taking a break, I'm going to be releasing a new episode every single week, and we'll be getting back to our regular schedule in September of releasing a new episode every other week on a bi-weekly basis. This podcast means a lot to me, and so do each one of you. So thanks for hanging in there with me, and I'm looking forward to a great fall season with some tremendous guests. Before we get started with our show, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Changing Our World. If you're involved with fundraising for a Catholic organization and you're looking to make a significant impact, Changing Our World can help. Their expert team provides custom philanthropic consulting services to help Catholic organizations create a lasting impression. Whether you're starting a new fundraising campaign or you're looking to improve an existing one, Changing Our World can offer the guidance and support you need to achieve your philanthropic goals. Just visit changingourworld.com today to learn more and check out the link in our show notes for easy access. Now, let's get to work. Today, we're going to talk about the relationship between development and communications and how to optimize those roles to work in unison towards the goals of your organization. In today's episode, I'm joined by Jennifer Trefellner, the Director of Development and Communications for the Diocese of Palm Beach. I will post Jennifer's complete bio on the show notes of this episode, but let me give you just a few highlights. Jennifer has been with the Diocese of Palm Beach for over 20 years. She began as Director of Advancement for Archbishop John Carroll High School in Fort Pierce, and then just five years ago, she took on the role of Director of Communications, Marketing, and Social Media for the whole diocese. In 2021, she was asked to expand her role and take on the position of Director of Development for the diocese. Jennifer has received numerous certifications in public relations and communications over the years, and her work has been recognized numerous times, including when she was named FPRA Member of the Year, Crisis Communicator of the Year, Communicator of the Year for a Special Event, Communicator of the Year for a Nonprofit, and as the FPRA Rising Star nominee, just to name a few of her awards. 
I think you'll find Jennifer's perspective on integrating development with communications quite helpful. And so, without further ado, here's our conversation. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Advancing Our Church. I am so thrilled to have back one of our wonderful guests that we've had in the past, Jennifer Trefelner from the Diocese of Palm Beach. And today we're going to be speaking about linking development and communications and how to optimize those roles uh, to work in unison towards the goals of your organization. And I think that this uh, conversation will be so helpful no matter if you work at a diocese, a Catholic school, or really any nonprofit. Uh, We all have the communications function and the development function. Uh, Some of us wear both hats and some of us share those hats with other people. And so I think it's just going to be wonderful. Jennifer, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Jim. Always a pleasure to be with you. So uh, one fun little question I worked into today's conversation is uh, tell us a little fun fact about yourself that is not maybe well known. Uh, Great question. So I would say a fun fact that not too many people know is that when I was in high school at John Carroll High School in Fort Pierce, I really enjoyed science fair projects. And so I won our state science fair competition and was able to travel throughout the United States each year. And then when I was a freshman at Auburn University, um, then my science fair partner and I traveled to Germany and we represented the United States in the World Expo. Wow. Yeah, we um, invented a flow bioreactor to remove artesian, the hydrogen sulfide from artesian well water. So we had a fish tank and we had bio balls and we talked about um, the different surface area that would be ideal um, for that uh, process. So anyways, just a fun little side fact um, that not too many people know. That is neat. So did you ever once consider a career in the sciences versus communications? Uh, I thought about it for a little while, but um, <laughs> no, not not too long. But it really was a fun thing. And I learned so much. We have an organization here at Harbor Branch Oceanographic Institute that we worked with a bit. And um, it just was an opportunity to travel to um, that we, you know, we did well. And we're just honored to represent our school and then the state of Florida and then the United States. That's amazing. That's amazing. When I was a kid, uh, I loved reading comic books, and I and most of the heroes started out as scientists, and then they got their powers. So I thought that I wanted to be a scientist as a kid, and then I realized, no, Jim, those are not where your gifts are. Yeah, so, never mind. <laughs> when I realized how hard it was to be a scientist, I decided, well, that's going to hang up my career as a superhero. So yeah. Anyway, that's well, great, great, great to have you back uh, on the show, Jennifer. Um, our conversations are always great, and you bring so much experience. And since you were last with us, your role has now evolved evolved uh, from communications to now overseeing development for the Diocese of Palm Beach. Tell us a little bit about uh, about how that uh, transition took place and, and how that has evolved. Yeah, you are correct, Jim. So I've been with our diocese for 20 years. It'll be 20 years in October um, that I've had the pleasure of serving um, in our diocese. And for the last five of those years, as you mentioned, I've been the director of communications, marketing, and social media. (laughs) Excuse me. And then in 2021, um, my boss asked if I would be willing to take over the development functions. Um, And so I've transitioned my title um, in October 2021 um, to become the Director of Communications and Development. So I still oversee our comms team um, and we've got a really solid team of three there. And then um, I took over the development team 
and we've really worked hard to make sure that we have um, the best staff um, and best team that we can. So um, two different teams, but I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit today about how, you know, we really work well together. And this is a unique situation. I could only find one other person when I was just playing around online to see if anyone else in any other diocese had this dual role. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really worked well. So in my new job duties um, and the development side, of course, we run our um, about 10, 11 million dollar annual campaign for our diocese, the Diocesan Services Appeal. In addition to uh, Lumen Christi, which is a separate appeal that supports our schools. So we work with our 54 parishes and missions um, to help them raise those funds and meet their goals. Um, and we've implemented a lot of new strategies um, in the past two years, doing a total audit from you know top to bottom of the processes so we can continue to, to improve those. Um, and now just kind of looking to expand, I just um, started uncovering some planned giving opportunities for our diocese that I think will be beneficial. Um, and then we do hire seasonal staff as well. Oh, interesting. Um, to support in our height, yeah. So hmm. we've got a solid team of five full-time staff and then um, they're supported by seasonal folks. And on the comm side, we use freelancers when needed as well. Interesting. For those who might not be, um, I've not worked with seasonal employees. How does that work exactly? What season are they are they working in? Yeah. So um, our diocesan services appeal runs a calendar year, so from sure. January to December. And so in the height of the season, in February, when we're receiving hundreds of checks and you know cash transmittals every day we have seasonal folks that will come in um, that will help just to open the npu envelopes open the transmittals um, and process the gifts so mm -hmm. we can provide we provide a weekly report to every parish and then also thank our donors in a timely manner as well so those seasonal staff will come in um, and help really from like february until may that's excellent. Well, that's a it's a nice creative way. Uh, I'm sure they appreciate coming in, making some money, extra money, yeah. helping out with the development function, and then it kind of saves on your budget a little bit, not having to hire full time or people who are there around around the, around the calendar year. That's wonderful. Correct. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the maybe the synergies, or are you finding, I should say, some some new synergies now that these roles of yours are combined that are actually advantages for both development and communications. Sure. Um, so I would say with the dual role of communications and development, one nice thing is that the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. Um, and I was laughing. I was at a, a development conference recently and someone said, oh, our, our communications director is you know, difficult to work with. And I was kind of laughing because, you know, with one in the same here, we have weekly communications meetings um, just because things change rapidly. We meet, you know, um, frequently. And then on our development side, we meet every other week. And what's nice is when I am working on the video script and text, I know the timeline for the DSA and what needs to happen. And on the comm side, I can work with getting those graphics done um, and getting the content ready. So I would say some synergies would be, you know, a little bit less red tape. Um, a little bit quicker action to get things done. And then also for me, for approval processes, for example, when I meet with Bishop, 
or when I meet with our vicar general, I'm able to say, okay, this is where we are financially today. This is where I project us to be. This is the collateral I would like us to produce. And here's the video. So it's kind of a one-stop shop to say, sure. you know, can I get these things approved um, and give them a good update? I would say a nice thing too is um, we're able to let the staff do what they're really gifted at. So for example, our graphic designer makes the collateral for the comms team and for the development team. So she's, you know, what whatever they need, we make it work. And then I have my gal post everything on our website and it's a quick effortless process. So I think those are examples of ways that, that we really try to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, and then we bring everybody together for joint meetings as well. But, you know, there's a lot of crossover in that. And it's a lot of relationship building at the end of the day, you know, people respond to people. Right. And, and that's a way that we really strive to have good customer service. Mm -hmm. And we're able to know a lot of the folks. I'm going to events anyway. So as a communications director, so being able to be there and represent on the development side, you know, really works out well, too. And this thought just kind of occurred to me, but what a great opportunity to cultivate donors in your under your hat of communications to talk with them, get a quote from them, get their impressions from or something from for your communications pieces. Correct. Yeah. So um, that happens more frequently um, than I anticipate when I'm out representing the diocese at a certain thing. And I'm able to say thank you so much for your gift. Um, you know, we appreciate your support, but they're also volunteering in a different way. So kind of getting this holistic picture um, yep. uh, of what the entities are. And plus, you know, I'm very familiar with our schools. You know, we have 20 schools, 54 parishes and missions. Um, so working with them on the communication side for so many years and now on the development side, you know, we have a really nice mutual respect for one another at the deanery meetings and, and things of that nature, which I'm grateful for. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, you know, in many places, the roles are separate and distinct. And I've spoken with colleagues over the years who felt that overall communications could have been better for the organization, whether it be aimed at development communications or just general communications, if there was a more integrated plan. How is development on how is development dependent upon communications and how is communications dependent upon development? And what does that look like when you achieve that synergy? And you, you've already given a couple of examples. Sure. So um, on the development side, what I'll do is, you know, I'll say these are the areas that we need communication support on. Um, so we know we're going to need an appeal video. We know we're going to need those solicitation letters. We know we're going to need the graphics. So what's helpful is, as I'm kind of crunching our numbers of where the DSA funds are going and, and what's being supported, I am able to come up with the touch points for the development side because I know that our communications team has already written an article about certain ministries and offices. Um, and so I think that that's nice. So the development team needs communications to roll out for support for the parishes. You know, we have a website where they can glean information. Um, we're able to update in real time all of our social media to really support the development efforts. Um, and that works very well, especially also for that other appeal that I mentioned to support our schools. 
And then the communications, um, you know, they need development. I mean, we are, you know, helping fund the operations of our diocese. Um, and the communications team is used to providing services for our different offices and ministries here within the pastoral center and development being one of those. Um, but the staff really works well interchangeably. And so I'm grateful for that. And we have some really good specific examples of how it works. Um, for example, I host quarterly meetings for our parishes and quarterly meetings for our schools, anyone that's involved in the communication staff. So at a parish, like you mentioned, it could be the secretary, it could be the pastor, it could be a dedicated communications person. And we have those meetings quarterly. And I have a guest speaker come in or I'll speak on a topic that they've asked for. So for example, um, next month, we're going to have somebody come in and do a whole presentation on how to use your iPhone to take better quality photos and videos, because we know that the parish staff and school staff is using that on their social media, um, on Canva. Um, that's really what they're using. Mm -hmm. On occasion, we'll have the meetings where they're held in tandem. And so we'll be teaching different development topics. The um, presenter I have after this one at the next quarterly meeting, we'll talk about planned giving. And so planned giving, which is, you know, a portion of what our development team does is also a communications um, avenue. So we want to be yeah. able to arm the staff at our parishes and schools with what planned giving opportunities are available for them. So there's some really good examples of some, yeah. some joint projects that we do together that work well. So um, what I what I'm hearing you say is part of it is obviously a plan. You're sitting down and and, and spending some time outlining as so from my perspective as the development person, what are my communication needs, and then together really kind of breaking down what are the projects you know that you're going to work on together and what the needs are. We're in the summer months, uh, and a lot of us are in that planning mode in most cases for the kickoff of the fall season, if, if we're moving into a new fiscal year. Um, what can development com and communications do this summer to perhaps uh, create better synergy moving forward? Yeah, I get it. And you're right. Uh, for example, today I have a meeting with Bishop um, to talk about really what our plan is for 2024. And you're right, this is a slower, the summer is our slower time. Um, so we're able to prepare um, for a fall kickoff um, in winter kickoff. So I would suggest for the comms um, and development staff, and I belong to kind of the both groups. So, right. so I know these different directors, but for them to sit down and, and talk to one another and just say, you know, maybe they should set up some regularly scheduled meetings to understand what the timeline is and what the protocol is and what the branding's going to be and what that planning looks like. Um, and then we also do a lot with focus groups. So, for example, on the parish side, we'll have um, a parish focus group. Um, we invite everyone and then we also kind of, you know, hand pick people we know we want to be there um, that will be able to guide us in some decision making as far as how often they want communications from the diocese, what they want those to look like, what's the most efficient with their boots on the ground, what is actually effective. And so perhaps doing some of that planning this summer on if you're a director of communications or director of development at a diocese, um, so you can start putting that together and then scheduling out some meetings so that it's not just a one and done, but you're gonna be able to circle back 
um, and come back to those regularly scheduled meetings together, I think is beneficial. Yeah, that that's that sounds perfect. I, you know, I, I it was as we look at this, you know, I'm I'm thinking if somebody's listening to this podcast, look at it from kind of two different angles. If I'm the development director, how do I start this conversation with my communications director? If I'm the communications director, I'm probably thinking maybe I should. How can I provide more support to my development director? Um, how do how do we get them on the same page to kind of begin this conversation and collaborate more? Great question. So I think that, you know, both departments, they're mission driven. And I think when we kind of look at and level set with, well, what, why are we here? What is this benefiting? How can we support Bishop? You know, what are the ways that the mission of our diocese should be reached? And understanding that a lot of times the development office is the one that's providing, you know, the operational funding and they need to be able to communicate that to the stakeholders mm-hmm. and everyone with all these generations in our parishes consumes that information differently um so i would probably start with just saying like listen we're all in this together we need to support one another the gifts and talents i have found of our development team are not that of our communications team so right. our highly creative um, you know, really website, you know, specific and reporters, their skill sets are different than those that are entering credit card, debit card, running, you know, checks and cash and such. So letting them, you know, do their roles and responsibilities um, separately, I think is a really wise decision and, and let them play to their strengths mm-hmm. um, while also coming up with plans for that synergy. Yeah, they they both share a responsibility in telling the story of the organization. The outcomes may be a little bit different. The goals are a little bit different, but um, but they both share that that responsibility. And so, from my perspective, you want to make sure that it looks seamless uh, from the outside. And so, like you're saying, that requires dialogue. That requires mm-hmm. communication, and on a regular basis, not 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 a couple times a year, but on, on a regular basis. Now, let's take it from the CEO's perspective. I'm listening to this podcast, and I'm the CEO or the president of an organization. I'm listening. I'm thinking, well, how can I get my development and my communications people working a little bit more collaboratively? Are there some shared goals that I could give them, some ways that I could measure that that this collaboration is happening? What's your advice to the CEO? Yeah, so we use the RPI method in almost every project. So the research planning, implementation and evaluation, and, and I love data and my teams know that. So one thing that we look at even today, I was asking for some different reports. Um, and whether that's, you know, f- for example, I asked for a report today on what is the growth in analytics from our communications of the Florida Catholic media before and after we implemented a thank you um, initiative in the DSA. So I think if I'm the CEO, I'm looking at productivity, I'm looking at efficiency, and I think being able to task both the director of communications and director of development to say, all right, what are those tangible analytics that you can provide for me to show um, the growth in certain areas? And, you know, our jobs are unique. There's a lot of intangibles that 
it's hard to measure when, you know, you're evangelizing um, right. to the faithful. So, you know, we, we have 95,000 um, Catholic families in our five county area. And so when I'm able to say, well, we had a 288% growth in the past four months from the four months prior to that on our e-newsletter distribution, that's great. Yeah. But I also want to be able to say, the intangible benefits or those that I can't give you analytics for are whose souls are we reaching? Whose hearts are we turning? You know, are they growing closer to Christ? So, you know, I, one of my favorite examples is our televised Catholic mass program and we buy airtime mm -hmm. um, every Sunday. And, you know, we had saw, you know, great growth, especially during COVID and our donations are up and we're very blessed, but I, just receive the letters almost every day from those that watch it. And they're from, you know, homebound um, folks uh, primarily and those in the hospital. And those are just intangible benefits yeah. that, you know, you're really reaching them and, and reaching them in a time of need. Um, so I think I would sit down with the CEO and I would say, you know, I can tell you using our pie, this is what's going to work and this is what we're going to measure. And mm -hmm. these are the tools we're going to use for that. And we're going to pivot if it's not working. Um, but then also kind of looking at, you know, how are we also living the mission? Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, that's so I, that, you know, I hadn't thought about the fact that obviously there are intangible pieces on from the evangelization piece, especially for all of our Catholic listeners who there's an evangelization component of your work. Um, but certainly, that, like you're saying, there are metrics, right? There are metrics, whether it's the number of views, uh, the number of hits on a social media post or, or what have you. All that has to be balanced out when we weigh out the um, the value of, of what we're doing and, and how effective we are in, in, in it. And some of it we just may never know. We just may be planting seeds, as you're saying, and, and that's uh, only God will know that in the end, right? Mm -hmm. So, Correct. Well, well, Jennifer, uh, as we close up our conversation, any final thoughts or, or recommendations for our listeners on communications or developments or anything we've discussed so far? You know, I, I check in with our, I have open door policy. I do a formal check-in twice a year and I ask them questions like, how can I be a better leader? How can I be a better boss? What tools do they need to be successful? Um, what are their favorite parts of their job? What are their least favorite parts? And, and just trying to continue to, you know, um, be fluid and understanding as, as employees needs change um, and providing the best training. Um, for them. So I'm a big fan of professional development, not only for myself, but for um, our staff here and for our teams. So I would encourage whether you're director of communications or development or the CEO, just to engage, um, you know, your employees um, with that. That's really worked well with us. I would say too, to seek feedback. Um, so uh, since taking over the development team, you know, like I said, we do focus groups in different areas. Um, I do a monthly check-in with all of our parishes. Um, so I offer in there, welcome to join. They don't have to, um, but just going over tips and tricks and tools, um, new updates that we're providing, and then also a time for us to listen. Um, and then we listen also at those quarterly meetings, which I think is helpful. And we've also started here internally, all of our directors um, in, in different offices meet and come together. And I host a meeting about every six weeks. Um, nice. Yeah, which is really helpful. So I would say that that's 
you know, that's always um, beneficial. We talk about rules of engagement um, at our team meetings, uh, just understanding what is expected of them um, and just making sure there's clear communication and what they can expect from me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think just always making sure that, you know, we are working towards excellent customer service and living our mission. You know, it's an honor for us to work at the diocese and and to work for Bishop Um, and just, you know, remembering that this is not an honor that we take lightly. Um, So, you know, we're going to do our very best every day to meet our mission. Um, And I think you can't really have a bad day if if that's your barometer, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, there are intangible benefits for the work that we do in our Catholic organizations. I, I love what you said. When I worked uh, both in the Philadelphia Archdiocese and the Allentown Diocese, I always enjoyed bringing our development and advancement professionals together like you do um, every six weeks or every other month. Just be, And I found that they really looked forward to seeing each other and to collaborating because what we do is so unique. You can't go to an AFP meeting and have the same impact. It's that that Catholic uh, development, Catholic communications professional, that it's just a unique mission and we collaborate in different ways, I think. I agree. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, thanks for taking a little time with us here in the middle of the summer. Uh, I know you're busy uh, getting ready for your next appeal and for your many communications efforts, but really appreciate all the expertise and the experience that you bring that you brought to our conversation. And it was just great seeing you. Yeah, thank you so much. Always a pleasure being with you and your audience. Thanks so much. God bless. God bless. I want to thank Jennifer for sharing her experiences and her insights with us on today's episode. I learned a lot, and I'm sure you did too. I'll leave a link to Jennifer in the show notes of this episode if you'd like to get in touch with her and ask her more questions about this constantly evolving topic of how to integrate development with communications. Thanks again, Jennifer, for being on today's show. Well, that's our show this week. I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining me on today's show. I hope that you found this conversation valuable and that it will inspire you in some way to take action and advance the mission of our church. And if this is your first time listening to Advancing Our Church, I hope you're going to stick around and subscribe. You can find us on all places where you download your favorite podcasts. You can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And for more information about our show, please visit our fully restored website, at advancingourchurch.com. A big shout out to my wife, Kristen, for helping me to restore that website. I could not have done this without you, honey. I love you so much. Once again, many thanks to our sponsor, Changing Our World. You can find a link to their website in the show notes of this episode. Well, that's it for me, everybody. Have a great month of August. We'll see you next week. Take care and God bless.